When it comes to the speediest speedsters, you don't often look for champions in the insect world. They may be small, but they can be quick once you factor in their size. The Australian tiger beetle is a prime example, darting around faster than the eye can follow. In fact, it moves a little too fast for its own good. Find out how this tiny track star keeps things under control without the speed force here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And... A very special thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, and Carol Raspolich. Your uh, support is greatly appreciated, and thank you for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a tiny tiger that's got its mind set on you, but more on that later. Is that a song? Because I don't know it. Good. Good? Yeah, because you'll find out later. <laughs> Um, I know about the Eye of the Tiger, but I don't think that's the same song. It sure isn't. Okay, well, then I'm I'm going to be uh, surprised. We'll see if it's pleasantly. Pleasantly so. <laughs> um, but what are we talking about? We're talking about the Tiger Beetle. The Australian Tiger Beetle, to be spe- specific. Yes, because there's, like there, like orcs, there's many of them. Like orcs, there's at least 2,500 of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're it's the Australian tiger beetle ATB. Uh, what well, the what we're gonna call it here? The insane bolt, the blitz beetle, and Speedle Gonzalez. <laughs> I like that. Uh, took me all day to figure that, to <laughs> that last one. Um, but yeah, it's fast. In case you didn't. In case you didn't know. Would you like to hear what science has to call it? Sure. It's in the kingdom Animalia. You know it. You you love it. You gotta have it. Uh, It's in the phylum Arthropoda, uh, which is stuff with exoskeletons. It's in the class Insecta. It's in the order Coleoptera. Um, it's in the family Carabidae, and then it's in the subfamily, uh, would you say Sin, Sincidelinae, or Kincidelidae, or? Sincidelinae. And that's like the, the main, that all of the things in this are tiger beetles. There's a tribe and a subtribe. These are insects we're talking about. It's Cincindelini. Cincindelini is the tribe. The subtribe is Cincindelina. The genus is Cincidella. Cincidentally, uh, and then the <laughs> and then the um, the species is Hudsoni. Yeah, 
The Hudsonian. Did, did you know that there's another beetle on Australia with another name that ends with Hudsoni but a different genus? I did not. This guy Hudson got around. To naming things. Yeah. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. The question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of beetles, Joe, would you say it's A, a swarm of beetles? B, a confection of beetles? C, a spill of beetles? Or D, a team of beetles? Swarm, confection, spill, or team? Um, I think it is a swarm. I think it's just boring to swarm. Swarms Final boring, answer. Aren't they? Ding, 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 you are correct. The answer is swarm. Yeah. I made up. Um, a team is good. I bet there's a team of something. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm, there's, like, the things that pop up in my mind when I'm putting this together, it's usually, like, other, other things, and it's why they're there. But teeming with something, you could say. A, t- a, a teeming of beetles. That, that would, I would not be surprised. They don't really tend to congregate. Beetles don't, in, in general. Um, some do, but not, not a bunch. Um, I think the ladybug is considered a beetle, and that definitely congregates, so. Yeah. In, in, have you ever seen a ladybug swarm? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were at a, um, in South Carolina, we were at a, uh, a farm, and inside the fa- there it, like there were there was a building that they used for uh, weddings and it was a nice building. Um, there was a gift shop and in the gift shop, in one like behind some shirts, on a window like on the sill, both inside and outside, it was absolutely teeming with ladybugs. <laughs> And there was no, like, I couldn't see that the window was open or anything. It was a closed window. So I don't know how they got in and why they were there, but. Yeah, they just get together to do what bugs do, I suppose. Because um, I saw them in New Mexico. Um, we were hiking and there were just some trees and bushes where you just couldn't see the bark. It was all just ladybugs. Wow. Like, thousands and thousands of them um and so it's a, it's a little gross even the ladybugs are kind of whatever uh, and if had it been other some other kind of bug it would have been a lot more disturbing but still just seeing that many of a small insects just swarming around something is bleh. yeah ladybugs are one of those things that when it lands on you like culturally everyone's like this is good like a <laughs> butterfly kind of like a butterfly yeah, it's just everything goes to else. Show that we're, Even the most yeah. cockroaches won't hurt you. Their their presence is a vile blight upon your day. Yeah, it's all about how pretty something is. If something is pretty, then um, it deserves to live. And if it's ugly, uh, kill it with fire before it lays eggs. <laughs> That's very sad. <laughs> we're so shallow. 
<laughs> hey, but listen, maybe cockroaches think we're ugly. So so they're trying to kill us. That's why they're trying to kill us. Although, you know what cockroaches think? Nothing. Um, nothing because um, they're bugs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Would you like to know what this thing looks like? Yeah, I would. In general, tiger beetles are small, brilliantly colored beetles, some of which have iridescent coloration, but I've also seen black and white, um, which would look more like zebra beetles. Uh, do you know what this one in particular looks like? On a page for yes. this one, I found the black and white one, but I'm not sure if that was it or if they come in multiple colors. Um, yeah, I saw the mostly saw the black and white that I'm looking up right now, but this is what I saw on like the Nat Geo article I was looking at, but it seems like they can be lots of different things, but some of these photos definitely look doctored. So true. Meaning it's a little bit more colorful than it otherwise would be, but uh, it also like it, it pulls like all tiger beetles, but it seems like the Australian tiger beetle is the black and white one but i may be wrong um they have oblong bodies or like almond shaped bodies that uh sit high on slender legs and uh tiger beetles also have antenna that are underneath their compound eyes which is interesting unlike other beetles they have no wings and can't fly how sad for them yeah uh but i said they are small so how small are they welcome to the beloved measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions and relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio yourself saying sing you're chittering the words measure up into ld taxonomy at gmail.com we don't have a new measure up intro this week so that means we get not. to hear from a beetle and carlos has to guess what it is oh we're doing another cartoon beetle I, if it's the one from bugs life i'm gonna get it in a jiffy no, we're not listening to cartoons. We are listening to Beatles. Which one of the four fat? Which one of the Fab Four is this? The Beatles. The the Beatles with an A. Four members of the band the Beatles. Which one is this? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's right. why I didn't say we get to hear from an animal, even though. You, you're, you're in it. You, you're living it. You gotta have it. Uh, Animalia. They are in the 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 kingdom Animalia. Without yeah, further ado, the listeners' favorite part of the show. Well, some people, you know, would go on and on forever, singing the same tune and playing mm. the same gig, if they were making some money, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think we'd all rather give that up and try going on our own and try doing something we really want to do. Yeah. And if we don't make it, then hard luck. But uh, as it happens, we've all got such a lot of like goodwill hanging over from being Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> is that enough? Do you need, is that enough to go on? Yeah, I know people do impressions of this guy all the time. Um, but I'm... I've, I've, I've never really listened to like uh, uh, any interviews by any of these guys, um, so I don't really know. I, I just know 
how people do impressions of them. Um, it's well, kind of like is... the same thing with the Rolling Stones. Like I only know how their their speaking voices through people doing impressions of 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 like Mick Jagger and stuff like that. Um. So okay, is it is it John Lennon? Is it Paul McCartney? Is it Ringo Starr? Or is it George Clooney? Um, <laughs> oh, do you want the? You had everything. I was going to give you the options, but you had them all except for his George Harrison. I, I know. <laughs> um, I don't think it's George. Uh, but the, and that the sounded like that sounded like it was on Carson, right? It's on a, the Dick Cavett show um, from 1971 when they were all still alive. Gosh, anybody who's a fan of the Beatles is going to be very upset with me. Because <laughs> um, I do not know what I they sound well, like here, when they to just be fair, talk. To be fair, they're all from Liverpool. They're all well, around the same age, but so their voices are voice. very similar. Yeah, uh, but I think I could. I think I could um, tell you exactly which one it is if uh, if this was me. Which of them in that voice said that they wanted to drop the H bomb on the Philippines? I think that was John Lennon, but I can't remember. I, I do know that was John that. Lennon, but like, can I imagine that voice saying that? Um, so I don't think it's Lennon. I think it's either Ringo or Paul. And I think and Paul, like just the the lead singer and the guitarist, the the singers tend to be like more famous. Like Paul, Paul and Paul and John are the more famous of the four. Well, they all sing. They yeah, can but they're all like sing, and in their solo careers, they all sing. But they're like Paul, Paul and John are the front. Lennon and McCartney, they're the they're the front men of that. They were the front men of that band. I'm oh, gonna go. Yeah, with, yeah. I'm going with Ringo. Final, Final answer. answer. Yes. The correct answer was George Harrison. Oh my gosh, that was the only one I was not going to choose. <laughs> uh, that he, in his solo career, sings the song "Got My Mind Set on You," which is I knew you would have so much, so little knowledge of the culture of Beatles lore that I could troll you in the intro, and you still wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I like I've I've heard comedians do impressions of the Beatles. Um, and they usually do that like nasally, almost like Bob Dylan esque voice, like, uh, but with a you know that, that heavy Liverpool accent. Okay, uh, let's talk length. They, they're between ten to twenty millimeters, or zero zero point seven inches. How many beetles go into the distance? Asteroid twenty twenty two GN one will pass by Earth. Uh. uh Here's a hint. The asteroid will make its closest pass tonight at around 11.02 p.m. Eastern Time. Unfortunately, if you listeners are hearing about this from the podcast, you already missed it. And unfortunately for you and me, it's going to pass on the daytime side of the Earth. Which, But we can watch it online. So we can stream it. You can watch it. You can see it during the day. Uh, probably not. It's probably too small and not bright enough. Yeah, it seems like something you don't see at night. But um, it, I mean, that's the side of the Earth it's passing on. So, well, it's probably further away from us than the Moon. 
which I don't remember how far away that is. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say 10,000 miles. L completely spitballing here. Um, and what? We're working with 20 millimeters, are we? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, 792 million. That is my answer. Final answer. Uh, yeah. The correct answer is six. It's six. They're huge beetles. Just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> or is this a really close call? Uh, <laughs> six billion. It's going to just graze. It's going to mow your grass. That's how close <laughs> yeah. this thing is going to come to the earth. <laughs> six billion, 356 million and okay, change. So so this is like gonna, this is like what thirty thousand miles away? No, 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 no. It's it's gonna be like fifty, fifty or eighty thousand. How far away is it gonna be? <laughs> Why don't you just let me tell you, like I always do? The asteroid will pass by Earth at around seventy nine thousand miles or oh, one hundred and twenty seven thousand kilometers. That's a third of the distance to the moon. So it's passing closer than the moon. Oh, wow. It is not... Wow, it's within the moon's distance. So it could hit yeah. the moon. It's school bus sized. So are you sure Miss Frizzle isn't driving this thing? She might be. And because this is a bug, it's probably something lighter than an ounce. And uh, who cares? Um, if we only we had potential Elden Lord General Star Sword Scourge Verdon to hold this thing back. Yeah, we were still playing Elden Ring. If you didn't, if you didn't get that, <laughs> um, let's talk about the size of the size of their subfamily. No, nobody does meteors like that guy. Nobody anyway. does it. There are twenty six hundred species uh, and subspecies in the subfamily. So, how many groups of human beings that are currently in space right now go into the total number? Of tiger beetle species there are how many on groups Earth. of human beings or how many human beings how many of that group of humans go into the number of species there are of beetles yeah so i thought you were saying like okay so there are the chinese astronauts that's one group there are the cosmonauts no. that's another group and how and no. there's so there's eight groups out there and how many of that number goes no. in uh okay so how many people are in space and that makes up one group how many of of that would go into yeah. 20, 2,600. How many of the number of people are, that are in space? That's how what I could have said. How many of the number of people that are in space right now go into the total? Um, so here's I, a hint. There are Americans, one German, Russians, and Chinese, uh, all originally launched uh, on the SpaceX Crew Dragon uh, Expedition, Expedition 66 long duration mission. Execute Expedition 66. It launched in November 2021. Uh, and I think there's, um, I think that it takes 15 people to, I mean, the ISS holds 15 people. Um, and then I can't imagine, I don't think there's anything else out there that has like a bunch of people in it. <laughs> um, so I think I might have to go with 15. I think. 
I may be wrong about that. At one point, I definitely knew how many people go went into the ISS, but um, it's been a while. I haven't really thought about it. So we're going to go th uh, 15 and say that the answer is 173. 173. There, there, are, there are 173 times more s species of tiger beetles than there are people not on Earth. <laughs> final answer? Living people not on Earth. Yes, final answer. The correct answer is 260. Oh, there's fewer people in that. Yeah, there are 10 people in space right uh, now. I guess you don't need 15 to crew it. I think it holds 15 people, if I remember. Yeah, right, but, maybe. Um, three Americans, three Russians, and three Chinese, I think. I think. And then one German. Yeah, I was listening to the Interstellar soundtrack when I was doing this pod, uh, doing notes for this episode, so that's why we got two space-themed. Plus, we've talked about Australia as as a part of uh, Measure Up a ton, because there's a lot of cool stuff there. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about fast facts before we get into the major fact. Okay. Uh, the subfamily is one of the most diverse in Beetledom. Our particular beetle is from Australia, like we talked about, but they can be found all over except for like some places like Hawaii and Antarctica and another island. I can't remember. Um, but they're even in the New World, the largest of the family lives in South America. Um, and there are 100 species in the U.S., so you can look in your backyard to see if there's any. Uh beetles in this family they're very aggressive and opportunistic as predators when they catch prey their primary primary their primary method of sealing the deal their art of the deal is to crush them with their mandibles uh, and their mandibles are large for their body size which suggests that they put a lot of points into offense um, into strength strength build they prey on basically any arthropod that's smaller than they are, including spiders and insect and other insects. Um, they have keen compound eyes and can detect prey all around them, similar to a fly's eyes, where they can see all around their head. They, when they catch prey, they'll vomit on them to start digesting immediately. You are alive when they start to digest you. <laughs> the point is <laughs> it's like a giant uh, turkey yeah um, beetle larvae are also uh, aggressive predators they're, 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 their babies are also aggressive though they don't actively hunt like their parents instead they are ambush predators that dig tunnels in the ground and grab prey that passes overhead like tremors yeah, but that's all I got. You got anything interesting? Any sure. Any big facts? Any superpowers? Any uh, major facts? Yes, I do. Yeah. This one's called Blinded by the Flight. Even though I don't fly. But you hmm. can consider like running away or towards something. Flight. That's what Gandalf considered it. Yeah. Unless you subscribe to the eagle theory, they, which is they, stupid. They, they make it halfway there and he tells everyone... Get on the eagles, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, well, Gandalf, why didn't we do that to start out with? 
There's no eagles around here. <laughs> because because Sauron has an air force, and I don't care about that anymore. It's the Luftwaffe. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, um, all right. So, uh, when you think of the fastest animal in the world, you usually think of the cheetah. Or mm-hmm. for the cultured, more cultured at least, you think of maybe like the swordfish or the peregrine falcon. Uh, because those guys move pretty darn fast 60 to sometimes 80 90 miles per hour it's very fast and while they may be able to cross the most distance in the least amount of time there is a way of measuring speed that allows some of the the smaller members of the animal kingdom to compete and that uh way of measuring is body lengths per second so i know i just said i don't subscribe to the theory of relativity but if you want to measure it relatively (laughs) um then the Australian tiger beetle is the fastest animal in the world relative to its body size. Hmm. So uh, it's not going to outrun a cheetah, but if it were the size of a cheetah, it would leave it in the dust. Uh, So as it stands, the Australian tiger beetle reaches a max speed of about five miles per hour, which for us uh, is a light jog. It's a light jog for the average human. Um, so it's it doesn't it's not very impressive um i mean except for the fact that like this is a tiny bug that's less than an inch and it it moves faster than your speed walk (laughs) so you can't if it comes at you you can't speed walk away from this thing it's gonna it's gonna nip your shoes um (laughs) But so when you remember that it's just like it's less than an inch long, uh, going five miles an hour is incredible. Uh, that so that ends up being about 120 body lengths per second. And to put that in perspective, if it was the size of a human, if it had human proportions, that would be 480 miles per hour that it's moving. That's about 80 times uh, faster than. A human um like the like the then the fastest human uh which is i think at this point you still usain bolt which i call him insane bolt um if it was the size of a blue whale which is about 80 feet uh it would be moving six thousand miles per hour <laughs> <laughs> i could go on <laughs> um so that's that's it's very very fast um it's not quite mach 1 uh, as a human speed but um it's it's pretty darn fast uh so what happens is a tiger beetle uh it can basically spot its prey and then like basically teleport to it with like dracula vampire speed uh have you ever seen any like any vampire movies that are worth their salt um or if you've ever played uh resident evil 5 you know that uh they have the ability to move so fast that it seems like they're just teleporting and zipping from place to place uh faster than the eye i can behold and so that's to to other uh, little uh, arthropods they don't stand a chance this is what they see um but there is a caveat to being able to move that fast and i would love to see this applied to like superhero vampire stuff um particularly like yeah the flash quicksilver um you know speedsters so uh, insects that rely on sight 
usually have uh, a dilemma to overcome. They are small because they're insects. Um, and this doesn't seem like a problem because, you know, you're small. I've I've seen movies where people are small. I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They, they see things just fine. Um, but when you're that small, the wavelengths of light haven't changed and this, the size of the wavelengths. Uh, so it's actually, you're actually going to receive a lot less light in your, in your eyeballs, uh, as a very small person than you would as a normal sized person. So, uh, basically, so, you know, you have the wavelength of light for red is, goes up to about 750 nanometers, which is about 0.00075 millimeters, which still seems super small. But when you're only 20 millimeters tall, uh, suddenly that wavelength becomes a much larger uh, section of <laughs> uh, proportion to your body than you were when, you, you know, if you're if you're a, a, a human or just a big animal or something like that. So to compensate for this, uh, many insects have proportionally massive eyes. Um, and a lot of them, like you mentioned, like flies and butterflies and things like that, they have compound vision. Uh, they have very complex eyes that take in light from all different directions to create kind of this, what we assume to be um, a, uh, uh, like a single picture made out of many, many different pictures uh, that it pulls from all directions. Um, and that allows it to get this wide angle and take in as much light from these wavelengths as possible, where if it just had our like forward facing pupils, it would hardly see anything. So really in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, when they're like a couple times smaller than an ant, uh, they would either see just one or two colors or hardly or everything would be very blurry or they'd hardly see anything at all. Um, and also their voices would be just basically non-existent um, because you use air to create sound and uh, you don't get a lot of that when you're that tall. Um, so all of this stuff about compound eyes and being able to see at that size kind of goes out the window uh, when you're blitzing as fast as the tiger beetle. Because at those speeds, at that size, the world becomes just one big Jackson Pollock motion blur. Or like my son's food tray after he's finished painting it with like avocados or waffles or whatever. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a big muddy mess. Uh, and so when they're in berserk mode, they're effectively in this perpetual motion blur. And uh, so effect effectively... Australian tiger beetles run so fast that they are temporarily blinded. They, they run so fast they're blind. Uh, and that's a, that, that's a problem, for sure. Um, they compensate for this by stopping frequently. So this even further reinforces that whole, like, vampire teleporting around thing. Um, so they'll, they'll run, to a, run to a spot at this speed and then stop and then get their bearings, lock onto their target again, and charge again. And then just keep doing that until they they reach their, uh, their prey. Um, and so, but, you know, how do they know when to stop? How do they know how far they've gone? How do they stop from hitting things at that speed? So, they need a good collision detection system. And that comes from those antenna, those odd antenna you mentioned that 
it's it is odd that their antenna are below their eyes rather than above them most most bugs and beetles insects in general just have their antenna sticking up above their heads these have it like as a mustache um, above their mandibles below their eyes and so before charging they will hold out their antenna in this v shape in front of them level with the ground and they will just you know they'll they'll, they'll send it they'll go and uh when they hit an obstacle those antenna will bend upwards and though and the antenna bending upwards will lift the beetle itself so if it's something that they can go over like a small rock or uh, a twig or just you know anything they will just skitter right over it no problem um, because the the antenna will bend and they'll just it'll just kind of act as a ramp to take them over it hmm. um if they don't, if they didn't do that, they would run smack into it because they wouldn't know that it was there until their the full force of their head and mandibles were th were the first thing to reach the object. Um, so basically, this is like skis. Uh, you know, skis are like water skis in particular are are bent up um, uh, at the front. That means that anything that you hit, you're not going to hit with all of just like the flat part of the ski it's gonna it's gonna ramp up allowing you to go over small obstacles so um it's not great for large obstacles but it's good for small ones um and so uh daniel zurich who's a researcher from cornell university and specializes in tiger beetles says it's like a blind person holding two canes outward while wearing rocket skates <laughs> um which is great reminds me of the actually also, if you include skis to the rocket skates and canes, you have um, Caractacus Pots from the beginning of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Remember he ties a rocket to his back and has skis no. on? And I don't remember. remember. I've never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Really? No. It's, um, you, I, I, it's, not, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it because uh, my my mom was super into musicals, so I watched all the musicals. Uh, that was my favorite one because it had a flying car in it. Um, but that was basically the only part of it I liked. Anyway, there's your deep cut to a uh, Dick Van Dyke. Um, and so researchers found this out when they removed the antenna of some tiger Australian tiger beetles, and they smacked right into obstacles, while the ones with the antenna could just clear those same obstacles um it is really hard to actually observe what is happening because of how fast they're moving um but this is what they're going with and as an aside zurich said that he catches tiger beetles by uh sneaking up behind them and and basically ambushing them because <laughs> i mean five miles per hour is like yeah that's that's a speed walk right there like this fast speed walk um, so they can get away from you pretty fast. Uh, and they're really small. So I imagine that like, you'll, you'll see one and then it's just gone. And then it's like, Oh, okay. It's like a grasshopper, but better. Five miles per hour might be like between a walk and a jog, like yeah. that cr cusp. Like you could speed walk it, but it might be more comfortable to run. Yeah. F like... You have a five, about five-ish miles per hour is, is five or six miles per hour is, is my like comfortable running jog. 
Yeah. Um, where like my dead sprint is 10, <laughs> 10 miles per hour. Um, so yeah, I mean, it runs half of a, you know, the typical person's like dead sprint, uh, speed. And it's, it's, it's an inch less than an inch. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I know that like there are some, um, They're like f flies and bugs and things like that that move pretty quickly as well, but uh, not over ground. So yeah, they, these guys run so so quickly that they uh, blind themselves, and they compensate for it by ramping themselves off of obstacles with their weird mustache antenna. Hmm. I was excited for this episode, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, that was the that was the Australian tiger beetle. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention that like how how interesting would that be if you if you included that uh, light taking that that light uh, input problem with speedsters because whenever you see the perspective of a speedster, you always see like the world just slowing down around them, but like light would also slow down. And so you would not be able to see anything. <laughs> you would uh, you would not be t taking in light at the same rate that you usually do because light would be stuck where it was. You would go, uh, so um, you would effectively be blind for as long as you are moving that quickly, unless you had the speed force, whatever. This <laughs> fi fixes all the speed problems that the Flash has. But um, still, yeah, that would. And and it would make more sense for like if you if you could move that fast that you would move in small bursts um, that would allow you to dodge and move and get get to like short places or places that were cl closer really quickly and be like great in combat and stuff. But it wouldn't be great for like okay I'm gonna run from here to you know the the pyramids because you can't you can't see where you're going. Um, but yeah, and then if you, I mean, if you took that level of realism, um, you'd also have to take into effect the sheer amount of energy that every single step that's, <laughs> that a speedster would take uh, would create. So just leaving little mini nuclear bombs in their wake. Um, and also if you hit uh, a bug, you would, uh, you would just turn into a pink mist. <laughs> but um, anyway, I... <laughs> I would recommend that people check out the YouTube series Because Science if you want to have all of your superhero uh, dreams uh, completely dashed and your your desire to have super strength or invisibility or super speed or to be able to fly. It sounds super cool, um, but it turns out it would not be very cool at all uh, and would most likely instantly result in your death. Unless there's magic. Yeah, unless there's the speed force. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was the Australian type. For you out there in podcast here, zero in on your prey. Keep your compound eyes open and run like the wind bullseye, like the Australian tiger beetle here in life, death, and taxonomy.
Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> all right now i gotta watch a asteroid go by <laughs>